Hello. So today's reading is taken from Romans chapter 12, from verse 9 to 21. And it says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. Put, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the lost people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's words. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Loving God, I pray that our hearts and our minds um, may be open today to hear your word, to know the message of your love, and to feel your presence here among us today. Amen. So the subject of my talk today is what love does. I think this should have been easy. I believe wholeheartedly that love is at the very centre of the Christian message And there are some really clear pointers in this passage that Wisdom has just read to us about what it means to follow that commandment that we should love God with our whole heart, soul and mind. But I found it really hard to find the right words, the right balance for this message as um, we mark Remembrance Sunday today. A day when we remember those who have lost their lives in conflict, those who serve in our armed forces today, and a time when we pray for peace. As a child, my focus on Remembrance Sunday was always on my mum's father, my grumpy, who had served in the Air Force in the Second World War. He had um, spent a considerable amount of time in a prisoner of war camp and was repatriated, um, having lost a leg um, 
really, really close to his hip. So his whole life we, we knew him with um, this metal leg. And his personal stories really shaped my understanding of war. As a child, my grandpa seemed like a really ancient person. And I think it gave me this idea that war was something that happened in the dim, distant past. This is evidently not the case, and the number of ongoing conflicts across the world today remind us that sadly we are far from living in a place where God's peace reigns. Humanity on the whole is not living in a place of harmony where we demonstrate abundant love to all. And on this day in particular, it doesn't seem unreasonable to ask, what is love doing in the middle of all of this? In the passage we had today, Paul is trying to transform the mindset of his Roman audience, reversing the destructive patterns of behaviour that dominate society, telling people that love is the way forward. Knowing how to love people who think, who live, who act differently to us. Living as a Christian in a world where Christian values are maybe not the norm is a challenge. It's one that's recognised by Paul as he teaches how to love those outside the Christian community by living, living in a way that fosters peace. Love is the overarching message of this whole passage. Paul's not trying to comfort struggling Christians with the promise of revenge against their enemies and the people who threaten persecution against them. Instead, he is encouraging his Christian brothers and sisters to live in the light of God's mercy, to show love, not judgment. I think we tend to romanticise love. We make it a matter of the heart. But the first time I experienced real loss, I was shocked to find that it wasn't just something that touched my heart and occupied my mind. It was a real physical pain. It was something that hurt, it touched something really deep inside me and it's something that I carried with me in a really heavy way. The physicality of true, genuine love reminds us that as Christians, our bodies are a living sacrifice. We can't fake this, poor ones, because real love requires us to engage with other people, demonstrating love for other people in practical ways. The passage tells us that love is active and it requires us to act. True love is earnest, relentless, practical. It involves participating in the needs of others, giving ourselves and our own resources to secure material needs, things like food, clothing, shelter, safety, freedom. Paul recognises that love can be faked, it can be insincere, And he urges us to ignore our tendency to seek solidarity amongst the people that we identify easily with. The people who look like us. The people who speak like us. The people who share our beliefs, our experiences. He challenges us to expand our horizons, to care for people in need, regardless of how they fit into those categories that we allocate people into to create order in our own lives. I've already mentioned this Christian call that we have to love God. It's also um, 
calls on us to love our neighbour. And that includes the strangers among us, the people we don't know, the people we don't recognise, the people who are different to us, who challenge us. It also calls us to love the people we consider to be our enemies. And that's not an easy thing to do. Paul echoes Jesus in calling attention to love as a fact of life for God's people, something that is expressed to each and every single one of us. Paul's audience knows Jesus' commandment for us to love one another, but he says, it isn't enough for us just to act in a loving way. The love expressed needs to be genuine. It needs to be true. How can we tell the difference? Well, Paul spells it out for us, clarifying the realities of the situation. Love from the very centre of who you are. Hold on to dear life, the things that are good. Love deeply. Don't quit when things get tough. Pray. Help the needy. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. Don't mutter about them under your breath. Laugh with your friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Make friends with nobodies. Don't try to be the great somebody. Discover something beautiful in everybody. Don't insist on getting even. God will do the judging. Paul focuses on relationships within the Christian family as well as on external relationships with the wider community. And in this passage, he uses two different words to reference love. Agape, which is kind of selfless, um, sacrificial, unconditional love. The kind of love that Jesus showed towards God and the people who followed him. And um, philia, which is more of um, a friendly affection. The the passage describes it as brotherly brotherly love, um, the familial love that we share with the people that we live in community with. Bible commentaries often imply that agape is a love which is deeper and higher than other forms of love, representing the highest standards of Christian care, compassion and commitment. It's a love that can only originate from God. Agape is described in many positive ways throughout the New Testament, but humans seem to have an amazing capacity to distort and corrupt And we should also note that in John's Gospel, agape is also used to talk about love in terms of darkness. Love that is focused in the wrong direction. Love that is the catalyst of things like addiction, jealousy, power, violence, the catalyst for war. These things are a million miles from the love that Paul speaks of. The love that he tells us with certainty that brings salvation. Love that is life-giving and good. This, he tells us, is what love should do. Because when we ignore the power of love and let ourselves be overcome by evil, we enable the darkness of this world to infect everything around us and it corrupts and corrodes and spreads like disease. We might be living in a time of darkness, but our Christian faith tells us that light is dawning, hope is on the horizon. Following Christ isn't always easy. 
And it's not always easy to know where we should turn to for positive role models, people who can teach us about how to emerge from suffering, not as people turned towards hate and evil, but as people who are resilient in faith, capable of loving, equipped to offer radical hospitality to the strangers in our midst. In a few moments, we will say the words of the Kohima epitaph. When you go home, tell them of us and say, for their tomorrow we gave our today. These poignant words remind us of the cost of war, but they also provide us of a glimpse of that human potential that we have to love other people in a really active way. Just imagine how powerful the devotion of genuine love could be when the focus is on God, God's will for the world, God's will for us instead of focusing that love on human preoccupations. We know we are capable of love because despite our flaws, despite our weaknesses, we were loved first. When we place our trust in God's impartial love for everyone rather than fragility or human capability, we are given the power to do things that are unimaginable in our own strength. So what does love do? It breaks down barriers. It builds relationships. It is the expression of God's kingdom flourishing all around us. It is a sign that hope and peace can and will reign. Amen.